0: Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. You are listening to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all thankfully without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, our guest is Big Harp. Maturing as a musician is a peculiar process. Young bands often have a reputation for playing too loud or too fast, but maturity doesn't necessarily mean quieter or softer songs. It can mean simply that a band or artist's sound evolves over time as their lives inevitably change. Stagnation can spell artistic doom for a musician, and some artists have leveraged their evolution into a long and successful career. The duo that makes up Los Angeles' Big Harp are most certainly grown-ups. They are married and have children, but their inventive brand of indie noise folk is anything but grown-up boring. Singer-guitarist Chris Senseny's insightful stories are delivered in a warm baritone that is evocative of of some kind of strange but effective hybrid of Lyle Lovett and Leonard Cohen. Stephanie Druton Senseny's vocals provide a breathy sweetness that complements the sour of her partner's gruff musings, while her fuzzed-out bass brings a whimsical edge that keeps the whole operation from drifting too far into ponderous, introspective songwriter territory. And no matter how they're dressed up in their DIY production, the 10 songs in their sophomore release, Chain Letters, all find a different way to please your musical palate. Welcome to Independence Day, Big Harp. Hey. Hi. How you guys doing? Good. Good. It's a beautiful day here in Southern California. Thanks for coming out. I do appreciate it so very much. Um, Now, you're not native Angelenos. Well, not both of you, at least. One of you are. Stephanie, you're from here, correct? Mm -hmm. And then, Chris, you're from Nebraska. That's right. So how did this union come about if you're from the middle part of the flyover states and you're from los angeles
1: oh uh, i ended up over there about i don't know 12 years ago
2: was that long?
1: i don't know if it was that long ago but a long time ago um i was playing in some bands that are th- that are based out of there um bright eyes and i was in the band or am in the band the good life who's an Omaha, Nebraska band, so I kind of moved out there years back because I could, you know, live off my music where I couldn't hear.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's, just, it's a strange thing in Los Angeles. We've got such a fertile territory, but it's hard to mm-hmm. eke out a living here, or Expensive. it's hard to live cheaply here. Yeah. You know, I came up through Chicago and New York, and it was kind of the same deal there. Um, now, the, the interesting thing about your band is that you are married, and by married, I mean to one another. Mm-hmm. You know, and for some bands, you know... Uh, in an artistic endeavor like a band, like sometimes that totally works and sometimes it doesn't. So what makes it work for you two to have like a romantic life and then a musical life as well?
2: Hmm.
1: Well, we're both almost to a fault pretty chill people. Yeah.
0: Uh,
3: I, th- I think a lot of times I mean, in situations where maybe a, a different couple might might fight or start screaming or throwing stuff. We'll usually just kind of look at each other and say, "Let's not, let's not work on this right now.
1: Yeah, walk let's away, get out of here." away. <laughs> okay.
3: Well, if we're out in the garage working on songs and it doesn't work, we usually just kind of walk away. And I think that
1: I think we also do both kind of live and breathe our art, and I guess that works because we're not annoying the other person because we're talking about the same project all the time. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: So I guess the impression I'm getting is that your musical lives and, like, romantic domestic life are kind of just intertwined. That's there's totally really intertwined. no line between them. Zero yeah, line. Yeah, there's really no line at all. So you can be sitting around in the kitchen, like, making spaghetti and toss off a line for a song.
1: That's yeah, exactly we're, what.
3: We're basically we're always talking about songs and mm-hmm.
1: ideas.
0: Yeah. Now, inevitably, in any romantic relationship and in any band, conflict arises. You know, it's like we should do this song in C. No, we should do it in B. Mm-hmm. You know how? I mean, this is where I think it's so interesting when you have couples who are in a band together. Like, how do you how do you resolve that? Like, cause you can't just if you're on tour, you know, you can't just like leave and go to the bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you're staying in the Motel Six. You're in the van. You know how do you resolve differences?
1: Well, I mean, we have the practice of resolving our differences in everyday life, so we kind of resolve them same way which like Chris I'll, I mean if it's a song we'll probably be like okay well let's just not play that song anymore and then maybe whoever is being like more um stubborn stubborn Obstinate. about it we'll, like <laughs> we'll like chill out a little bit later and then we'll come back to it and make it what it should be but yeah, we do yeah. have to walk away from songs sometimes.
3: We go back and forth a lot on tempos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I think everything starts out I I want everything to be like a like a dirge and then
0: okay,
1: uh, but then I speed it up, and then you seem to speed it up more, and then I usually bring it back down. Yeah,
3: because and you speed it up a little bit, and then I want to <laughs> make it like like a, like punk rock. and Then we end up somewhere in the middle.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's,
0: yeah. It's so, but that's just it. You know, you it's better to walk away from the song than to walk away from each other. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially considering that you're you're married. For the love right. of God, I mean, it's, that's <laughs> yeah. an interesting thing. I find it's so fascinating to me when bands are married or there's a married mm-hmm. couple in the band, um, which leads me to my next question: is that you guys are a duo? Mm -hmm. So when you, you know, there's a drummer on the record. So is he just, is he a friend or Mm -hmm. someone you hired or both? Or how did that work out?
1: Friend.
3: Yeah, it's it's a good friend of ours played on the record. Mm -hmm.
0: But then when you go, when you play shows, are you pretty much always playing as a duo or do you ever bring the drummer or extra players along? It depends. It
1: depends. We've been starting to try to do the duo thing a little bit more because, well, I mean, it's just easier, really.
3: We actually we never played any shows as a as a true duo until a, like a couple months ago. Oh, okay, we yeah. We always had some somebody play the drums.
1: Mm-hmm. The Chain Letter songs are a little harder to pull off as a duo. As a
0: duo. That's the, your first album. This is the second. The album. second album. I'm sorry, the mm-hmm. second album. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. The first album is White. Was it White, white Hat? White Hat. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, we've got that here in my copious notes here. <laughs> um, so. So, the because the new songs you you said you're having more people mm. play along live is that what you're saying with the I yeah I'm the second record
1: ideally when we're playing the songs in the record we'll play with us and an extra keyboardist and a drummer,
0: okay, so it expands For that mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. fill out the tune and it's a cool sound <laughs> because it's. I don't want to say it's all over the place stylistically, mm-hmm. but it is it is definitely a mashup mm-hmm. of different things. I mean, there's like a little bit of like folky twang kind of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And then I know that I'm, you're probably tired of hearing this, but Leonard Cohen must keep coming up. And I think that's just because, Chris, you've got this low voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, you know, anytime you sing like a mid-tempo contemplative song with kind of a low haunting voice like that, you wind up having, it's like I on the way over here on the radio, I heard something with a, Uh, A tenor kind of doing lots of high, kind of advanced stuff. And I was like, oh, that that guy's, I can tell that guy's listened to Jeff Buckley's Grace probably 10,000 times. Mm -hmm. Like, are you a Leonard Cohen fan or is this kind of just developed organically?
3: I mean, I I love Leonard Cohen, but it's also just kind of, I mean.
1: The voice you have? Yeah. You had a pretty deep voice.
3: It's, It's the way it sounds. And I don't think I ever tried to sing like Leonard Cohen. But he is—he's definitely somebody that I've listened to a lot.
0: Yeah, well, everyone has their influences. I mean, you go back to the Beatles and the Stones, and they'll point you back to the people that they learned to sing from. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. got the people that got them into to doing this. Mm-hmm. And there are there are worse people you could be compared to than Leonard Cohen, oh, for sure. you know, uh, genius songwriter. Uh, We were very fortunate. We had his son actually on the show at some time about a year and a half ago. He's a pretty cool guy. Laid back, too, kind of like his dad. Um, Let's listen to a little bit of this record. You've got this brand new record. It just came out in January. When we come back after the tune, we'll talk about a little bit how you put this thing together. Uh, the record is called Chain Letters. It's available on iTunes mm-hmm. in the usual places, and it shows. and Did mm-hmm. you guys press vinyl or discs? Yeah, we or? did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Vinyls and CDs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, cool. So uh, you can find this out. Uh, the band is Big Harp. The record is Chain Letters. came out just this last January, and this is the track You Can't Save Them All here on Independence Day.
2: Every up unsteady on its studs Every old ankle leaning on its crutch Every old drunk stumbling backwards searching for the wall and Every palm tree doubled over in the wind Every man on the street looking sallow and thin Every broke leg racehorse chewing on the gates of his stall and every yachtsman with a million in the bank A float on the sea like a flake in a tank
0: Harp on Independence Day. You can visit their website at www.bigharp.com. They are my guests here tonight on Independence Day, and I'm very, very happy to have them. They are a duo. They are married. They've got kids, and they've got a really, really badass record. This record just came out in January. I really, really like this. Thank you. you know, we kind of touched on this before. You're welcome. It's Like I said, it's, it's not all over the place, but it, it touches on so many different things. Like As I was listening to it and previewing it, every song kind of came at me from a different place which is kind of nice because every, every album kind of has its own theme and own way that it wants to go. And every album needs to be approached in a different way. And this album definitely came at me from different different places. So that's a cool thing to do. It's hard, it's hard to do that, I think. I think it's easier to have the songs kind of mesh and sound like one another than to have them sound disparate mm-hmm. and different. Um, did you have a producer for this record, or did you just kind of self-produce it?
1: We,
3: we self-produced, self-produced it.
1: Produced it. We had our, our friend uh, Mike Mogus mixed it, but he didn't really. Pre- I mean,
3: and we, we tracked some of it with another one of our friends,
1: it's Ben Brody, yeah.
3: And we did some of the tracking at home too. A lot of the vocals yeah. we recorded at home, and some of the overdubs.
0: And are you guys uh, Pro Toolsing it at home, or are you using something else?
1: It's uh.
3: Yeah, we, we were using the computer. we yeah. were actually we we're actually using Cakewalk. Okay. Just cuz it's what we had. Around. Yeah, it's just a different version of, mm-hmm. of pro tools. It same, does, same kind of does thing. the
0: same kind of thing. Everybody yeah. uses what they everybody uses what works for them or what they can afford. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the funny thing about this technology is, you know, uh, pro tools, they've tried so hard to kind of stay ahead of the musicians in charging us for things, but it's like they keep giving us things but then taking other things away. It's right. like a shell game. <laughs> yeah. You know, whereas before you'd have to amass all this stuff. Now you can do it with a laptop. And you guys, it's it's so cool you guys have a you guys have an iPad. Yeah. You'll be playing, mm-hmm. you'll be playing music. You'll be along with the music with yeah. your iPad. Yeah, we we just started doing that like
1: a couple um, weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. <laughs> no, we, <yeah. laughs>
0: it's interesting how much things have changed uh, with technology, or even with the concept of a duo. I was going to touch on this before. Mm-hmm. Is like the White Stripes just kicked down the door. You know, because before that, there were just—I mean, no duos. If a band was a duo, they always had a band with them when they, or they were like Simon and Garfunkel, and it was just two people and acoustic right. guitars. But mm-hmm. you guys have a somewhat bigger sound. But you know, White Stripes kicked down the door. And now there's all kinds of bands that are duos that, that do just fine mm-hmm. or do very, very well. Um, so we've got these two different states. It seems like that you're working with here, and I mean physical, actual mm-hmm. states: Nebraska and California cities. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Los Angeles. What does each state for you, bring to your music.
1: That's interesting.
3: Well, I, I think I guess for me, growing up in rural Nebraska, there's a little bit of like a maybe kind of like a. I mean, I grew up listening to a lot of old country and stuff, and there's a lot of that around. It's a very, I mean, country music is definitely the sort of main mainstream of music in a place like that. But but when I was in like junior high, I got really into. Nirvana and all that kind of thing, and then I started kind of exploring the history of underground music and finding stuff like like the velvet underground and and the Stooges and stuff, and I kind of freaked out about all that stuff,
1: mm-hmm. and so I think
3: that's kind of really the common denominator between me and you is because you were
1: we fell on the same music mm-hmm. from different places around similar times in our lives, I guess, except i started i listened to a lot of like punk rock and stuff, and you know there's so many different little clubs here, so I would as you know, in junior high, high school, go to punk shows and just see lots of different kind of music. Um, but we both—I fell on like Velvet Underground, and you know, we had a lot, we have a lot of similar. Yeah, we do. We bonded on. We liked the same music. It really. must
0: have been a very different upbringing, though, for each of you growing very, up in a, like mm-hmm. such a small town. Where did you, uh, Stephanie? Where did you grow up in L.A.? What part?
1: In, in the San Fernando Valley. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So I mean, it's you're just surrounded by every conceivable. Type yeah, of music we were just talking about that the times. other day.
1: It's like it was e- easily available to me. Anything I wanted, and where Chris had to like,
3: I had to do research, kind really of really do to, research to find any music. I would, mm-hmm. I would read interviews with bands that I liked, and mm-hmm. it, if they talked about older bands that they liked, I would go try to find those things or check them out. Or the next time my family went on a vacation to like a a city with a mall or something, <laughs> I would try
2: to see <laughs> a, there a city store. with a mall. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. when I was a kid, I think we had to drive about three hours if, if you wanted to go to a mall. Wow.
0: What was, what was the nearest municipality to you that was like a sizable city? Well, how, how big is sizable? Well, I'm, I'll let you determine that. What's that, Well, you, what's the three-hour city? Uh,
3: that would be North Platte, which probably has maybe, <laughs> I don't know, 20,000 people? The team maybe in Metropolis 30, of North Platte. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: It's under 50,000 for sure, which I think. Rapid City? Rapid City is a little further away, three and a half or four hours, and that's probably got, maybe that gets up to 100,000 people.
0: Yeah. So that's so, what was the live music situation like in your <laughs> town? Like, there, there wasn't any. I mean, did, did band, like, would they have, like, a 4th of July thing that, like, some garage band played, or there must have been something. Uh, I mean, if you're doing it, it must have existed somehow.
3: No, there there really wasn't much there. I mean, I think, you know, there were, like, the, the cowboy line dancing bands would come through town and play at bars every once in a while, but I was too young.
1: Would you play at like restaurants or something like that?
3: It, then, when I was in high school, I had a band, and we would kind of. There was one restaurant in town that would sort of let us play sometimes in their beer garden.
0: Yeah, and we would play there. Well, that's, that's what that, I mean. That's, that's something you're really. you're you're creating the scene at that point. Right? I, although I, I don't know if I would call it a scene, <laughs> you were the well—that's what I'm saying. You were the beginning. You were the alpha and the omega of the scene in your hometown, man. That's pretty cool, though. You know, to I, it's so different now. It's so so different. As a kid growing up, I mean, I can remember going to the record store, and like the only way to learn about these things was reading magazines like Rolling Stone mm-hmm. or Spin or Record or whatever. And then going to the record store, which was at a sucky mall, admittedly. Having a mall is not at all it's cracked up to be, man, let me tell you. You'd have to go to the record store at the mall, and there'd be—this was even pre-whiteboards. I feel like a dinosaur. And they'd have this big board up, and you'd have to look and see when they would write the upcoming releases and (laughs) when they were coming out. And that's how you knew when, like, even big bands— were releasing an album you'd go to Musicland or whatever right. it was, Record Mart, I don't even know what they were. And, and and talk to the clerk who was a clerk, they may or may not have known when stuff was coming out. They're kind of kept in the dark too. It's just changed so much. Mm-hmm. You know, now when bands record albums, they live stream the recording of the album. So not only do you know when it's coming, you watched it be made. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's another that's another thing I want to touch on with you guys, but I want to talk to you have some really cool videos. For your songs that are up on your website, BigHarp.com. But before we talk about those, you've got live instruments here in the room. How about a tune? Sure. Should sure. you indulge us and my listening audience with a tune? Is this going to be from the new record?
1: Um, You know, it's a brand new song. Not, All right. Not on a record.
3: We're actually ready. Our record just came out in January, but we're oh, starting yeah. our recording our new one. I think we want to... Okay. We want to keep it to like at least a record a year if we can. Yeah,
0: that's that's uh you're slouching by Duran Duran standards. I think they released about ten albums in about three years once in the early eighties. But anyway, strike while the iron's hot. So what what's the name of this tune? Is this this new tune? It's a
1: working title, but we're calling it Q and A.
0: Okay, very very nice. So my guest tonight uh, is the band Big Harp. They are Los Angeles based, and this is a brand new song. When we come back from this, we'll talk about their brand new album as well. So happy to hear this.
2: if the question is do i love you then the answer is i do though there's nothing i can offer If the question is Can I
0: are listening to Independence Day, you can learn about Big Harp, tonight's guests, as well as all of our guests at www.indepthday.com. Also, please do follow us on Twitter. I try to keep up with what's going on in the music business to the extent that I can. Uh, It's big business. There's a lot going on, but I do what I can. Um, Also, musings and other sorts of things. I guess the same thing that everyone else is doing on Twitter. It's this weird kind of narcissistic yet voyeuristic thing. Um, As I said, Big Harp is my guest. They're based in Los Angeles, Chris and Stephanie and uh a great tune i love this 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 incorporation of technology this like this ipad thing this is kind of a new thing right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you said for yeah. you guys
3: oh yeah
1: yeah th- two weeks i, I think, think part of
3: yeah part of it i think if we're starting to work on our next record i think one of the things we've been thinking about is we we really want to be as self sufficient as we can and do as much of the record as we can and i don't know we had never thought before about we thought about trying to play the drums on our record, and at some point we just thought about we might. Why don't we just try to program? Right, because well, we and thought see maybe. If we can come up with something interesting. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So will you guys use the track like right off the iPad and record that, and then play to that, or will it? We've kind of tweak it and change it and flesh it out. I think we're still kind of working still, on it. Yeah. we're just kind of feeling it as we go along.
1: Stage, stage one.
0: Yeah, and it's there's so many different things you can do now I mean people with the like the looping pedals like technology has just opened up so many doors that that just weren't available to musicians like you can be a full sounding band as a two piece now where that would have been hard you know 10 years ago or more that would have been kind of hard to do yeah definitely um and so tell me about making so this new record, you know you're trying to be self sufficient, but the last record was kind of diverse, it had drums and other instruments and and tell me about like making that record. You know, one one element that really jumps out to me is the fuzz bass, mm-hmm. Stephanie. Okay? Like why why that particular well, instrument?
1: I mean, we bought the pedal <laughs>
0: yeah, I think and
1: I think. got super excited. I mean, I wanted it on everything. Yeah. Again, it also brought me back to kind of being younger and playing pretty dirty raunchier music, I guess so
3: because yeah, our first record was so it was so folky. clean
1: and folky the first record and it was great but you know it was just we didn't have a lot of time with it we didn't have tons of time with chain letters either no, it was pretty quick but
0: what's a lot of time to you or like what's
3: not a lot of time well, like the first record we we had our first practice and then i think a week and a half later the record was done
0: oh my goodness okay I was like, so that, and we had never
1: letters wasn't that different because of our schedule like, we started working on started it. We started working on it a week before, before like we went on a, tour. on a tour. And then of course then we toured we on it and went right into the studio. We we toured playing those drummer. songs with no record. Yeah, the drummer came in um to practice with us. He practiced two days mm-hmm. and then we went on a tour to South by Southwest and then went up and recorded the songs. Like right after that in a couple weeks. And then brought it home and ended up adding some things to it because we kind of rushed yeah. again, mm-hmm. um, but it was pretty quick. We didn't really spend.
3: Yeah, we didn't spend a lot of time. We've with the already songs spent we a
1: little that. bit more with some of these songs than we did on Chain Letters. I yeah,
3: think. in a way.
0: And like I said before, every album has its own life process and like mm-hmm. way that it wants to go. You know, I mean, I I'm terrible. My records take forever, but that's because I'm I'm constantly noodling with stuff. That's mm-hmm. the one detriment to technology is that before okay. you know we had you'd see these big mixing consoles with all those knobs and but it you know now you can automate every one of those little functions to do all these different things and it's you know you got to use the technol technological power for good rather than for evil yeah but you can you know i you know whereas the metaphor for a painter is you got to know when to put the brush down mm-hmm. when the painting is done you know it's done before probably way before you put the brush down you got to learn to let it go and it's the same thing with recording right. you know for me i got to learn to get let go of the mouse you know, it's a it's a mouse now that we do it all on. But
3: yeah, there's, there's, it's such a fine line too because you don't you don't want to walk away from something that you that you feel like hasn't reached its full potential. But then there's also like a point where yeah you're you're not you have to realize when you're not getting any closer yeah mm-hmm. and just it it kind of is what it is at a certain point I guess.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And people can be so precious about the process. You know, there's like I call it the like I call it the Steely Dan. Uh, Ramones continuum or Steely Dan Sex Pistols continuum. Like on one side, you've got Steely Dan, where they will tweak everything to, a, to take forever and hours and hours and hours and weeks and weeks and months and months to make the record, and it'll be everything will be perfect, maybe to its detriment. And then on the other side, you've got like the Ramones and the Sex Pistols, who won't rehearse. They'll go in, don't even tune practically, mm-hmm. blast everything out, and just it's so raw, almost to its detriment, you know. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere in the middle. You can be kind of closer to one or the other depending which way you want to go. You've got like Steely Dan and then the Eagles, you know, uh, Fleetwood Mac, the bands that are studio bands. And then on the other side, you've got like the raw punk bands. But almost everybody else exists in between somewhere, you know. Would you would you guys say you're closer to the Sex Pistols and Steely Dan, you think?
1: Um, Pro- pr- probably, probably, yeah. I, I think <laughs> even when we do take a long time, it's more
3: – it's not really tweaking little things. It's more – I think sometimes we we get the urge to kind of like re rewrite the song and start over
1: instead of yeah. tweaking. But we yeah, right. I think we would both lose our minds if we yeah dove too deep because we can't. We both can do. We have. Yeah. We, it's like the tendency is there, but
3: yeah, we kind of try. We try not, try not to, to let ourselves
1: because then we won't like the song. If we yeah. spend that much time on the song, we're gonna just. It's like yeah, I yeah. think it'll be dead a,
3: a lot of times even even the songs. But by the time, by the time the record comes out and we we've, we're like touring on it and and playing a bunch of shows, it, it, it's almost hard not to because I think we both have the thing where we just kind of want to jump jump to the next thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about music; it's a living art form. Like you can make the songs and have version one of those songs, and then you know you take it live, and it's you know it's not like we've got you know sadly, perhaps, we don't have, like, millions of fans who are expecting Mm -hmm. the exact same version that was on our album. You know, they probably want it to be a little different, and that's what, you know, so you can kind of, you can let it evolve and let it be what it wants to be in that particular night. Mm -hmm. I mean, I used to love doing that with my band. You know, we'd have a song that was in triple meter, or a song that was in 4-4, and say, all right, tonight, let's do this in 12-8. Follow me. One, two, three, four, five, six, boom, and we'd go. You know, and that's... um, you have to have the band kind of rehearsed to know to follow you like that. But if it's a duo, it's probably easier to do that. There's only one person yeah. to follow.
3: Yeah, there's. A, it's only
1: depends who's following who. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also. I don't know. something yeah. that was on.
3: Sometimes the, the the duo the duo thing almost makes it harder in some ways because there's no. There's nothing, especially when we play as an actual two piece. There's just there's nothing to hide behind. Right. Sometimes, if you have a bunch of members in a band, everybody can get away with being a little sloppier. Right. Everybody gets to to make a mistakes are they don't jump out quite as much if you've got like a, a drummer pounding away and like right. two guitar players and a keyboard and a and a bass. Yeah. It's a little harder to hide.
0: Yeah, you're very exposed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, I never liked being the lead guitar player and the lead singer in a band because that was too much responsibility. Right. Like I couldn't, I never had, you're never off. you always have to be on thinking of ideas constantly all the time. Mm-hmm. It was just too much work. Yeah. I was like having another guitar player in the band. Anyway, maybe I, don't, I was going to say I'm lazy, but I don't think that's it. Mm-hmm. I just want to appreciate the fact that it's happening while it's happening. Like when, like when you're singing lead, you should know this, Chris, like can you step back? If someone else is taking a, a, a solo of some kind, you can kind of appreciate what's going on and enjoy the fact, Hey man, I'm in a band. Mm-hmm. This is cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. There are people out there, you know, and, uh, it's it's that living, breathing part of music. So, anyway, I'm yammering too much. How about another tune? What have you got for us? Is this going to yeah. be something for the record? Is this also going to be something new? What is this?
1: This one... Um, what do you feel like doing? Well, I think you have... Uh, right. Should we do that one? This is a song that we wrote with um, Mike Mogus and Nathaniel Walcott from the band Bright Eyes for a movie called Stuck in Love that's coming out this summer. It's
3: coming out in this month or next month, I think, the soundtrack is out now, I think. Should we do it?
0: Alright, so this is the band Big Harp here in Independence Day. <laughs>
2: From your side Honey, you can be sure I'll come in like the crab. Crab. be
0: My name is Joe Armstrong. You are listening to Independence Day. We come to you from Pasadena, California once a week, bringing you musicians from Los Angeles and far, far beyond. That, tonight's guests, we're very, very happy to have them in our studio. They are called Big Harp, and they are comprised, they're a duo comprised of Chris Senseny and Stephanie Druton Senseny. I feel like I'm going to murder that last name one of these times, man. (laughs) I don't know why it seems so complicated to me. It's all those N's and E's and S's. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's a strange name for Nebraska, too. You feel like people from Nebraska would have names like Tom Clark and... (laughs) <laughs> Bob Johnson and stuff like that what did your family do growing up in Nebraska well when
3: I was a kid I guess it was just kind of me and my mom and my sister and my mom kind of just worked as like a like a, a bookkeeper and stuff and then um, my stepdad is, was the, actually like kind of the town doctor okay and th- they got married and then we kind of moved moved in there and then I guess that's what what they did. Yeah. But my uh, my family, like my grandpa grew up ranching and my, my uncle had a ranch. So I, that's what kind of happens up there.
0: Yeah. I mean, growing up, I mean, I grew up outside of Chicago in like a suburban type area, with a lot of cornfields. It was rural, but yet we had a big city close by. My family now lives in a very, very, very small town in the southeast. And every time I go there, I go there once a year for Christmas at least, and I wonder like what – what do all these people do for jobs? Like it, everybody can't work at Walmart, yeah. You know, there's guy I just there's there's the ranching and the, the agricultural type stuff, and there is a mall thirty miles away or whatever. But I, I don't know. I, I just can't figure out what all these people do. <laughs> yeah. I, get, I guess every town's got there's some reason that it's there. I
3: guess yeah. Those little towns, a lot of it's agriculture, and then you need all the people to take care of the people who do that.
0: Yeah, so you need. Yeah. Support systems, infrastructure. And I mean, you bring such an interesting perspective when you're from a small town, because then you get to go into a bigger town and there's your perspective. You know, that's you're bringing something into a different situation and changing. And that's part of, I think, being a musician is that growth and going from one place to another, both literally traveling, playing shows and like metaphorically in terms of your music um, and then one thing I really want to talk about this because this is something i don't have a lot on this show, is you guys have kids mm-hmm. yeah. together, and they're kind of little, yeah. yeah, like how do you balance like I want to specifically like how do you balance like playing tours and making uh, albums at home? You talk about doing recording at home like if you've got a two year old you know they're kind of demanding, and you know yeah. you can't be doing overdubs when the kid needs food yeah we
3: we we didn't make our first album until after after our second. Kid was born And she was But she was a few months old Right When mm-hmm. we started
1: We couldn't have Toured before then They were terrible Car babies They would scream The whole time mm-hmm. They were in the car And they were babies
3: But but shortly after We made that album And then we just Kind of decided Because we sort of t- We took a break For a couple of years After we had our first kid Not even on purpose It just kind of happened Logically But then we just both Just were
1: Yeah Thrown off Totally yeah. different
3: Because it was It was pretty strange We We went directly From kind of like The full on Rock and roll lifestyle, being, you know, just kind of t- touring. We actually we met on tour, basically. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And were you
0: guys in vans at this point or on buses or uh, what? Was
1: it, we were in vans.
0: It
3: was a, definitely a van tour. But we were we were touring, and the band I was in was opening for the band she was in. And mm-hmm. we started hanging out on that tour. And then I think what? Seven months after that, we were married, and two months after that, we had our first kid. Yeah, (laughs) So you can kind of do the math and figure out how
0: it all went down. It seems, you know, maybe it's just how life happens, but to me, it seems like such a courageous choice to, because so many people I know who have bands, or had Mm -hmm. bands, I should say, in the past tense, once they got married, it totally put the kibosh on music.
1: Well, I think that's part of the good thing about both of us being musicians, Mm-hmm. Cause I know some people say like, how, how do you work it out? How do you not? I, can't, I can never be in a band with my wife or with my husband. And I think, well, to me it would be harder to be so distant and have like somebody traveling all the time, you know, not being right. together. So, so we're living this life together instead of like kind of having separate lives where, um, someone's gone and you're having to communicate long distance. Yeah, we've, that.
3: Def- we've definitely seen that the strain that it puts on some of our friends who are, mm-hmm. you know, one of them is a musician and the other one isn't, yeah. or they're both musicians with totally separate projects. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we really f- just feel pretty lucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And our kids are really flexible. I mean,
0: so. Are you taking them on oh, tour? Yeah. yeah. Tour. Who watches the kids? Well, this is the most obvious question <laughs> in the world to me. Is who in God's name is watching the real... these small children while you're on stage?
1: This is another area where we're just really lucky. Is one of our moms comes along on oh. every tour. Aha!
0: Uh-huh. That's the secret weapon. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Grandma. Grandma's. Okay. That's cool. And so, your are your both your parents, sets of parents, very supportive of your musical Extremely.
1: endeavors. Extremely. Like, yeah, we, they've been so great. Incredibly.
0: That's so. I mean it's it's again an interesting like study in musicians and how they react to their parents because some people's parents are very unsupportive mm-hmm. of their music and therefore it gives them the fire to like right. really push it like you know so many like lead like famous lead men you know like the David Lee Roth types and the bon- John Bon Jovi types and the uh, the Bono types, like they had dad problems or dad issues, mm-hmm. you know, and then so therefore they need the whole world to love them and they go out and have this huge personality mm-hmm. but everybody does it differently, you know and having, having supportive parents to me, I had, great, I had very supportive parents you know, if I needed an amp you know, I might, might not have gotten it right away right. but, you know, when Christmas rolled around, there's probably money for an amp you know, and it was I, I, I'm very blessed my parents are amazing people Um, And that's a a blessing for you, too, to have that out on the road and have someone. So so you're in a van, then, with... We're
1: in a minivan.
0: A minivan with two kids, (laughs) Mm -hmm. both of you, all your gear, and... A drummer and a grandma. And a drummer and grandma. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she... Wow, that's so... I want to be a fly on the wall. I want to see how this goes down.
1: It's pretty wild. I mean, it's not cheap.
0: Yeah. It's
1: really... The expensive the expenses of touring with children is way higher than I mean yeah. if it was just me and Chris we'd sleep on people's floors or do yeah. whatever and um but we need three hotel rooms and we wow. need I mean we can't have the drummer and yeah. his mom or my mom share a room really it's yeah, yeah awkward and we really need our own room with the kids I mean we right. can't so it's different but we just figured out
0: yeah just work it out it's a very different aesthetic too there's not a lot of trashing hotel rooms when there's a toddler it's a different trash. kind of yeah it's a different kind of trashing' of the hotel. I mean, it involves more it involves very different bodily fluids than yes. the yeah. typical rock and roll hotel room <laughs> trashing man my imagination is just running absolutely wild with all this <laughs> simulac and poop and stuff oh my god oh man let's just, I, I, I must digress from this topic but that's I've, I've seen a few bands do this we had a band on not too long ago uh, some friends of mine and they have they have kids and they rehearse out back and they would put their kids to bed mm-hmm. and then go out and rehearse in yeah, the back that's, that's what, what we, we do, do. Yep. Yeah.
1: that's how we do it that's how we're making our record
0: and are the kids so you're you, but you, you can't just do like loud crashing stuff with kids it has to be kind of quiet no, or oh that's right?
1: another nice thing about the drum the programmed drum beats because yeah. that's they can't really hear that and then I guess anything super loud, we probably would do more during the day, either take turns going out there or have the kids go swimming yeah. at grandma's yeah, while yeah. we do it or something. Are
0: the kids old enough to be cognizant of the fact that mommy and daddy are in like a rock band? Oh, like, do they gosh. get it? Extreme. Yeah.
1: They, I mean... It, I,
0: I don't think they think that's very interesting. No, they
1: yeah. don't find it interesting at all. But they're very attached to certain things about it. Like, mm-hmm. if we talk about... Like, we were joking around about changing our band name and... And they are both like, no, we, let, we want it to be Big Harp. <laughs> yeah. And they always say, you know, go to school, like, we're going on tour.
3: Yeah.
0: They love tour. And
3: any time we're in the car for more than an hour and a half, they ask if we're on tour. Uh- yeah. <laughs>
0: It reminds me of my dog. Like, every, every time she gets in the car, I've got this thing. She has no idea if she's going around the block or around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's probably the same thing for kids. Because whatever is yes. normal for a kid is just normal for a kid. It just yeah. is. If they go up touring in a van, that's totally normal to them. Yeah. Yeah. What, what will happen? You know, this is, I guess, a crystal ball question. But the oldest, you said, is four? He's yeah. four and a half. Four and a half. So school's not too far off. What do you think is going to happen he's, once school age shows up? He's in
1: preschool up? now. But even um, well, he's at the end of the calendar he's end of September so he actually won't start kindergarten until he's about
3: almost almost
1: six six. that's about like a year you know a little over a year but we're just gonna I mean again with our personalities how they are we're gonna cross that bridge when it comes we're gonna do music we're not gonna I mean if things are going well then they'll have to homeschool and come with us we're not leaving them is not an option to us so however we can work it out
0: what a cool way to grow up, too. I mean, you figure – because you're going – are you doing, like, national van tours? Are you going that far afield?
1: Um,
0: um, the, f- the furthest
3: one – the furthest, like, round trip that we've done was, I guess, starting in L.A. We drove out to –
1: Louisiana. To
3: Baton Rouge. And then, That's more than halfway. And then came mm-hmm. all the way back, you know, all the way back, toured our way back to L.A., up to Seattle – then into the Midwest, over to Chicago. Okay, that was, that was the it. longest we did in one stretch. We how? haven't
1: made it to the East Coast. Okay, yeah, with them, but they've done Europe too. They did Europe with them. We're about
3: to go there for the second time. Second wow. time. Wow. They really-
0: and how do the you know how do the do they have like a limit in time when they start to be like yeah, I want to go home?
1: Uh yes, like, they, they usually do. That? They usually get there when we have about a week left. It seems like. Yeah but or maybe even like 4 days. But then there's it's it's I think part of it is that we start talking about it cuz we are probably getting ready to be home. Yeah. So I think they could sense that and then they get anxious to get home. But places like in Europe, every club they give them like a little toy or treat when backstage. So I don't know. Then they they want toys every day when they get home. Yeah. All <laughs> oh,
0: those crappy American venues, they don't give them Nothing, a little McDonald's, yeah, they don't no, give them a little a quick go buy a Happy Meal so the yeah. kid gets a toy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but that's the thing, your van could get filled up with like crappy plastic toys very quickly it seems. yes it it yeah, And does.
1: pencils and you know gas station toys. Yeah. Cuz we do, I mean, when we're at home, we we don't spoil them with toys all the time. You know, we we try to get them something when we can every once in a while, but we have since they are coming with us on our tours, we'll maybe get the, like you know crappy little things at the gas station that they think are magical. You know,
0: yeah. yeah. What uh, you know, it's so hard to not leave stuff behind when you're on tour. Like even you know, big things, little things, amps. You know, I'm yeah. thinking of that scene in Raising Arizona when they leave the kid at right. the bank robbery. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, our, uh, I'm imagining a kid like freaking out because you left the whoopee. In temp, you know, in Phoenix or whatever, and now you're in Austin. Like, have you ever I'm run lucky. into a situation like that where you left something behind that they were really attached to? Because kids get really yeah, like oh, they get yeah. they get focused on like one object, and that object is like that's their stability. Totally. it's a metaphor that represents their stability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you lose that, you two are the ones who are paying the price. Oh for yeah, that. for but, sure. But I th- we've been pretty lucky. Nothing. We
1: leave our stuff.
3: Okay. All yeah. the
1: time, we lose things. Both we we just left and a and
3: keyboard are... in Omaha. Okay. And, the whole keyboard being shipped to us right now, which was I don't know how we left a keyboard. Yeah,
0: but well, the better the better the stuff. keyboard than the kid. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, we never left a kid, and I think that we are we're better with the kid stuff than our own for sure, and probably because we don't want to pay the consequence. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think. Me, me, and you will deal. we we'll deal. We'll deal. with the
0: loss with a little more grace and dignity. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. You're, we're we're grown ups. So at least we pretend to be. We pretend. For most me, of yeah. the time. So I mean, let's veer away. I mean, this kid. I could talk about this kid thing for the rest of the night, but I have a couple more things, and I want you to play another tune before we run out of time. But are you guys full-time music? Are you earning a living doing this, or do you have other things that you um, augment your income with? We, we have a we, couple other. things Yeah, we, we do, do. Different things. Yeah. I, I actually, when, when we're in L.A., I usually work. Okay. Because that's something I'm finding more and more, like bands that, you know, uh, people see bands like on The Tonight Show sometimes or on Letterman or on any of these late-night shows. And I think the general public has this perception that like once you're on TV, you're like living the high life and penthouses and limousines and the cocaine and the craziness, you know. And in, in the reality, I've met a lot of those bands, and those bands are like working at Cinnabon, when they're not on the road.
3: Yeah. You know, it's hard. so that's just the kind of the
0: reality of it. It's not what like everybody puts on this front or not. I shouldn't say everybody, but so many people put on that front and it's enforced by our media behemoth that it is, mm-hmm. you know. So, but Yeah, it's really it's only the top
3: whatever. Yeah, I don't know what the percentage is, the but the top tier. Yeah, I mean Yeah, I think that
1: with the record sales down so low anymore, yeah. people not you know, paying for the music. Yeah. It's pretty hard to think do, of it as a career
0: do you guys own your own van or do you rent one
1: we own it well it's our minivan you okay. know it's our family van oh, the family with van. a big dent in it and a topper on top that we, yeah. keep, we keep in it.
0: yeah because <laughs> that's the other thing people like the everybody wants a tour bus because i've toured on them and they're great they're yeah. the best. fantastic yeah, them. but they're very 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 expensive it's oh, buying crazy. a house yeah renting it yeah you know it's like uh i mean i remember at one point that was like Someone got a bus for like 1500 bucks a week, but that was like That's a deal. 10 or 15 years <laughs> yeah. ago. You know, now I imagine it's probably 2-3 grand a week.
1: I think I mean I week. feel like the number 20 grand comes into my mind for like I I don't know. I shouldn't say. I have no clue. Yeah. But it's ex- so expensive. Yeah. So it would be we- amazing for us, but we can't.
3: Yeah. I've only I've only ever been. I only did the tour bus thing once, and I wasn't even in the band. I was just along yeah, for the ride. Was,
1: when uh, our first baby was in my belly. Yeah. I was on a tour bus, and he was visiting mm-hmm. me. Yeah. A bunch. We,
3: you were about eight months eight months pregnant, and we got married, and then the next day you left to go on tour. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All this, all this stuff is kind of blowing my mind. Like babies and touring and vans and grandmas and drummers and all this stuff. It's a reality that I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of envious of this, of this life. It's
1: kind of cool. Um,
0: and then before we play this last tune, you know, this kind of ties in everything else. Are you? I mean, how independent are you? In other words, are you financing these records yourselves? Or are you are you on some kind of label that's financing these or helping you?
1: Well, the first record we first recorded on our own and financed it, and then um, we signed with Saddle Creek Records, and you know they reimburse and they paid for our second record.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, what does it cost you guys to make a record? Ballpark. Well, we're kind
1: of e- we're quick, which is good, but.
3: I mean, it kind of depends on how we do it. I think the next one is going to be the cheapest one because we're going to try to do as much of it as we possibly can at home,
1: mm-hmm. and then have someone mix it. But that's—I don't know. I'd have to look at it, but I want to say like
0: like less than three grand, less than five grand. Less I'd say than less
1: two. than seven grand. Okay, f- for recording.
3: For the for the ones that we did, yeah, I would say so. And but then
1: the first one, less than five.
0: I, yeah, I think so. But Which I'm, I'm not- sure was like the catering budget for like the. For, like, Justin Bieber's last album, oh probably.
1: Well, yeah, that's that. And then they add, you know, there's all the other publicity, whatever.
0: Yeah. Expenses. So does the label take care of that for they you guys They front
1: then? it, but then it comes back on royalties. Like, we, you don't see royalties until it's recoupable. It's recoup- yeah. yeah. yeah
0: it's, it's, all, all,
3: it's all recoupable. So, I mean, they front it, but we really
0: so when pay all, for it in a way. When all is said and done, are you actually seeing profit from record sales?
1: We are not. We have not seen from uh, some, from some music licensing, but not from yeah. record
0: sales. Yeah, almost. That's again, almost nobody does. We, any we would get close a- any, on any, our. F-
3: any money we've gotten has been from licensing and yeah. TV shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if
0: you get a lot of placements, then we've, we've had some. But, um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, that's a gold mine nowadays, man. You know, once upon a time, like nobody wanted that. Mm-hmm. And now everybody's I like I was fighting there in to my get it.
1: Punk rock scene.
0: Yeah. So things have things have changed
1: totally. Yeah, yeah things I, I,
0: have changed. I have a lot of
3: friends who were dead set against that kind of thing, and I was too. none of them seem to be quite as intense
0: about it now. Yeah, things have changed. Yeah. So we've got about enough time for about one more tune before we roll out of here. All right. But, uh, what uh, will you indulge us once again? We will. Go? Is yeah, this we'll. going to be a record track or something else? What is should,
3: should we do? The song off the record, or should we do the other one?
1: You want a record one or a new one? Should play a record one. Let's do Let's record do it.
0: one. So what's this going to be called?
1: Outside. In the snow?
3: Oh yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna skip the
0: skip
1: iPad. iPad.
0: Oh yeah, iPadless, old school. This is. All right, so this is the band Big Harp. They're Los Angeles-based. We've had an excellent time talking to them here tonight. You can visit their website at www.bigharp.com. You can follow them on Twitter at the most obvious place imaginable, twitter.com slash Big Harp. Also on the Facebook, facebook.com slash Big Harp Music. This is a song from their newest record here on Independence Day.
2: Take your pride Throw it on the ground Put on a shepherd's cap To replace your crown Abandon your wingtip There's a line behind your heels That you can't step back across You're a free man now Like all free men You got to beg for the things you lost You can walk all the way to the eastern coast Press on to the western shore But you'll never, never Six horse when it breaks to the left. When you're down and your friends turn their backs. or when you're scrounging for tickets while they close down the tracks. You got to stand. You got to stand. Oh, you got to stand outside. And
0: That is Big Harp. Very, very nice, guys. I dig it. I dig it. With the iPad, without the iPad. Either way, (laughs) it's cool by me. So you've got, uh, like I said, we've mentioned the website, BigHarp.com, the Facebook site, the Twitter site. Also, there's some cool accolades you guys have gotten with this record. You can stream it at the AV Club onions av club which is a great place actually i don't not very fond of music critics very much but i like the av club critics because they don't seem to have their head up their rear ends quite as much as other music (laughs) critics do and i say that with with high praise also you can download the track can't save them all from the newest record at rolling stone rollingstone.com which is pretty cool so if you're on their radar that's a good radar to be on and also, it looks like you had something on Weekend Edition as well, NPR. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool people at NPR. Yeah, for the most part, at least the ones that I know. <laughs> uh, and then you've got a tour coming up. You've got uh, in June you're going to uh, Omaha. Yep, to mm-hmm. and then in your we, home state and Chicago too. Yeah, oh, okay. Chicago! Yeah, we just yep. found out. Just-
1: Chicago night. Oh, Chicago nine, July nine, June
0: nine. What uh, what venue yeah, yeah. do you know? Subterranean. Ah, I've played Subterranean you? myself. You have to do the. I love coming down the spiral staircase. <laughs> yeah. Like I the, use the green rooms up above there. Yeah. Like we have made a big production of it one time. It's so much fun. Cool venue. <laughs> Uh, and there's uh, there's a good sushi joint right around the corner from there as well. Oh, yeah. If you're into that kind of thing. That's what uh, and then you're doing like a European tour for most of July, it looks like. Yep. Taking mm-hmm. the children. Oh, yeah. We're taking European the children. Tour. That is so very cool. So, <laughs> th- I mean, best of luck with the new record. I, you know, do you think it'll be out by the end of the year, this new one yet?
1: Uh, probably. We would love it to be, but the way. If, we, it if works, we don't get
0: it done within the next
3: month, it'll probably be until like early next year. Probably. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, please, you know, let us know when it's coming out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Stay in touch. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Thanks so so much. Thank you you very much to Chris and Stephanie from Big Harp. Also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Tapinski, and Sally Shackleton. And as always, to Valentina Rivera, Hector Lozano, and Miguel Florencio from Lancer Radio. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. For Independence Day, I am Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another.